isn't. Yeah, it's always something in California. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you gotta come. You gotta come and visit sometime. I was over there probably around oh, eight or nine years ago now. I um I visited wow. the US. Yeah, but I didn't spend really any time in California. I only went through LA on transit because I went to um, Canada. So I flew from Australia uh, to uh-huh. LA because you can't um, fly direct. Uh, right. Well, you know, all the way from Australia into Montreal because I was going to Montreal. So okay. I had to fly from Australia into LAX. And then mm. hop on a flight from there to Montreal in Canada. And then I was in Canada for a little while and then drove uh, down and over the border through Niagara Falls and down uh, through the uh, the upper states uh, and ended up in New York City. Wow. Well, yeah, I was born in New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. an experience. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Sure. <laughs> yeah, did, did that's you, did, sure. did you like, did you like, um, Canada. And, I loved uh, it. Um, I was there during the summer, so obviously very different, very different than to the winter. I know that, but um, yeah, but it was still so so beautiful. Like Australia is extremely beautiful as well, um, but different. They're two different types of beautiful. Like the scenery, completely different trees, completely different animals. You know, um, the landscape is very different. What kind of animals? Oh, like here in Australia, as you would know, we have our native animals, which are most of them are only found in Australia. So, like, um, like the kangaroos and the koalas and um well crocodiles are found in other areas but yeah but lots mm-hmm. of crocodiles um we don't have alligators right. here we don't have alligators we only have crocodiles um okay yeah and um and we lots of other special little animals um things like bilbies that you probably don't even know what they are um lots of different possums um, oh wow lots of beautiful birds and and yeah we don't have Bear, like we don't have bears or wolves. We have oh, foxes. Really? Yeah. We have um we have a native dog, the the dingo. Um Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we don't um yeah, we don't have a lot of like the big kind of aggressive animals. Um but but we have ours our dangerous ones are more smaller, you know, <laughs> apart from sharks and crocodiles. You know, we have a lot of bitey, stingy things, but we yeah, don't exactly. have the, we don't have very much that would kind of run out at you in the woods, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like <laughs> hey, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, you might get bitten by a snake, but you're not gonna Oh get, my gosh. Get, but you don't, you're not gonna get attacked by a bear. Do you know what I mean? We don't have that or wolves or anything. <laughs> like um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That literally pick your poison on between a snake between and a, a snake and a bear, you know. <laughs> I don't want either one, so you know, to be honest with you. But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm pretty used to the snakes, I tell you what. I'm, yeah, it's a pretty regular occurrence to see them where I live. <laughs> Have you been bitten by one? No, no. I mean, in all honesty, if I'd been bitten by one of the bad ones, I wouldn't be here. You just, you'd die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not laughing that you're dying. It's just funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
I'm glad yeah. you're, you're I'm glad you're still alive. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just very cautious. You're very aware of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. I have a weird sense of humor. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, I love your positivity and uh, just the, the, the positivity, you know, the way you live your life and the way you like love yourself and the, your journey in life. And you've been through so much in your life and you, you've accomplished so much and you've overcome so much. So and you've written three books and uh, welcome to Ability Beach Talk. Now you're thank on you Ability so Beach Talk. So. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, yeah, I'm honored to have you in. Um, uh, so tell me a little bit about your journey and what struggles you have overcome. And uh, like I said, you know, you were part of the the military. Talk about a little bit about that. Sure, uh, sure. I'll start um uh, kind of from when I was a bit younger. So um so for the people listening. All right. Um, I was, um, I'm obviously Australian. <laughs> you hear from my accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hello to I everyone out there. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, but I didn't always sound like this and um, we'll get to that um, in a moment. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to okay, that in a moment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm Australian and uh, yeah, lived here all my life, born in Australia. And uh, I was um, born with a uh, connective tissue disorder, uh, so Ehlers-Danlos syndrome or EDS, as some um, people shorten it to. And there's uh, quite a few different types of uh, EDS, and I have what's referred to as the type three, uh, the joint hypermobility type. Okay. So yeah, so when I say that, a lot of people think, oh, oh like you're double jointed. Uh, right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that, that, that's yeah. like a really um, layman's terms, you know, like right, you physically right. can't be double jointed. It's just a throw around term um, that oh, people, yeah, totally. yeah, that people kind of um, recognize and use in, in instead of using the word hypermobility. Right. Yeah. So hypermobility, meaning my joints can way over, over extend past like how a normal person's, um, I hate using that word, but you know what I mean? Like a standard person's um, joints would um, extend. So, um, so I was um, born with um, that condition, and for me, unlike many people with EDS, especially if they've got different types, um, mm-hmm. because mine presented very obvious, because I have the joint hypermobility really quite se- like severe, it was pr- it's pretty obvious. So, okay. um, so I came out breech birth. Um, so breech birth is when you come out bum, you know, um, bottom first instead of, instead of head first. Wow. Yeah. So I came out bottom first and, um, and they straight away, um, they put me in double nappies to try and secure mm-hmm. my hips because they knew there was a problem like, uh, with my hips, the movement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so that's the joint hypermobility. Uh, so I was putting double nappies, um, to try and make me more stable, uh, as a baby, okay. but that, you know, didn't really do anything. I guess it's like mm-hmm. a form of just trying to brace me up, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, yeah, but that that didn't um, do anything because, uh, as I said, EDS is a connective tissue disorder and uh, what's hap- what happens is that the body doesn't produce uh, the collagen how it should and collagen right. is basically that sticky tape 
that helps to hold you together and hold your connective tissues to de- together. And right, um, right. yeah, yeah. So I've got a lack of that, or it doesn't work in the way it should. And uh, yeah, so so they they did that, and um, as I got a little bit older, um, I didn't crawl. So I didn't go through that normal stages of, right. of crawl, crawling and then going into a walk. So I, mm-hmm. I bum, I was bum shuffling around, you know. So I was on my bottom, right. <laughs> shuffling around because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. crawl, you know, right. to move to move myself around. Um, and and I was having trouble speaking by this stage because I should have been speaking, you know, starting mm-hmm. to learn um, to speak. And I just used to bum shuffle and point at things because I had trouble making noise. <laughs> you know, and make noises because I couldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't pronounce my, I wasn't pronouncing my words well. And, and yeah, I, I find finally one, one day I just found, I just found my legs. Um, so I got off my bottom and just started walking. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I missed a crawling stage altogether. So I, I found my legs and, and I started walking, um, but I walked a bit differently um, mm-hmm. and I got the nickname Daddles. So daddles came from the fact that when I walked, I I like waddled because I got a real hip sway because the the joints are so loose. So especially, especially through the hip area that I, that I sway, you know, side to side, like that real, that real hip, really, really hippy, if you know what I mean, if you can imagine it. Yeah. 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 So so it's like as if somebody was pushing their hips out every time they walk. Um, and yeah, so I got the name Daddles because my family thought I, you know, I waddled. So they didn't call me Waddles, but I waddled like a duck, basically. Uh, <laughs> so, there's nothing so, wrong with it. So, so yeah, so they called me Daddles as my mm. nickname. So I was Brookie Daddles. And um, yeah, probably by this stage I should have been speaking, um, but I was I was speak I was trying to pronounce my words, but I was having a lot of trouble. Mm. Uh, so I had How a. Old I had are you? a yeah, so this is now going into like probably three, four years old, you know, when I should be. Okay. Yeah, you know, I should be speaking of okay and, and I wasn't. Okay. Um, so, so it was recognised that I had a speech impediment. Right. Um, so I was put into speech therapy um, early on. So, okay. so from a young age I was put into speech therapy and I had that speech therapy – uh, for all of basically my primary school years, pretty much, uh, it helped a bit, but I still had a speech impediment. I definitely mm-hmm. still had had a speech impediment into high school, um, and so so I was teased a lot um, because mm-hmm. of that, and I was teased for other reasons because um, because I moved differently. Um, I mean, I had that sway walk, so I always looked a bit different walking, but right. when I ran, um, when I ran and I could run, my hypermobility doesn't stop me running. And I actually still run. Um, but, uh, it, it meant that I, the way I ran visually was very different to other, to other kids. Um, and and now even still to other adults, I have a very different right. form. I have a very different form um, to others, and you know. So obviously, you know, kids would tease me about that because they didn't understand I had a condition. Um, okay. This is something that I speak about now a lot. Is that is that growing up back then, it it wasn't really talked about, and in the medical world, it, it wasn't really known any. People didn't know much about it. And even now, 
it, it's there's only a handful of specialists who, who deal oh, with really? EDS. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, even even the general a general GP will will normally know, like um, will will know what it is, but that's about it. it a general GP they don't really know much about it um, because because most GPs in, in medical school they only get one hour a one hour lecture on EDS. Mm-hmm. So unless it's okay. something they go in to specialize on, they really don't know much about it. And you know, so so growing up, it was just. People, people just kind of knew I had, I was kind of different, but they didn't know why, and uh, and I couldn't really explain it to them either. Like being a little kid or being a teenager, you know, it was just like, oh well, that's just you know, I just got this thing, and it, you know, my joints are a bit funny, and it makes me do this or whatever, or or, or yeah, I've got this speech impediment, and they they didn't really understand it, and you know, and I was just teased because I was different. Oh yeah, wow. um, yeah, yeah, and and as I said, and because it wasn't a really obvious disability, like mm-hmm. in other ways, I kind of look, you know, what I mean. I I didn't have anything overly physical where they could go, oh yeah, she's got this. Right. It's just that I was different, and so and they didn't understand why or what it was. So, um, so yeah, so I had that during during my childhood and during teenage years as well, and I still had the speech impediment, and I went back and got a little bit more speech in th- therapy. Um, as a teenager and then I actually got into music and I started vocal training so like singing lessons because okay. I'd uh, yeah because I'd started teaching myself music um, and playing guitar and reading music and so I went and got singing lessons and um, wow and, and then and then did musicianship and I think that was a turning point Right. Uh, you know, so a com- it could have been a combination of age because now I'm coming on to like 17, you know, okay. 17 years old. Uh, so it could have been a combination of age, but um, but I think I, I think the, the having the singing lessons, which really focuses a lot on your diction and how yeah, you pronounce yeah, yeah. words, I, uh-huh. I think that's what really, really helped change my voice from having what was a speech impediment to me now right. sounding and speaking the way that I do. Right. Because now no one says to me, oh, you, you sound like you have a speech impediment. Now what I get is people say to me, oh, oh, you have an accent. Like even people from Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so even people from Australia might, might ask me about my accent. See, it's a bit hard right. for somebody like yourself because, to me, I probably just sound Australian to you. Um, but, <laughs> but to um, but to other Australians, I don't really sound that Australian. I, really, um, I sound I sound um, because I speak a slightly different way. Right. Um, yeah, more I guess more proper is what they describe it as. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, quite well rounded. Like my words are quite uh, rounded, a little bit more English sounding, British right. sounding. Totally. Um. Yeah, so so it's just changed. Um, I, I think having that vocal training and concentrating on all that diction really helped, right. you know, for me to sound the way I, I do and to get over that speech impediment. So, so that's my story. Yeah, so that's my story um, there. And in terms of with the EDS, I still I still very much have it. Like um, it hasn't. It doesn't. In, well, for me, it certainly hasn't improved as per se right. with age. Um, and the thing with uh, F. Lesdenlos syndrome is that it's not just, oh, she's got hypermobile joints. Right. Do. 
it affects so much of my body. Like it causes all these underlying, you know, symptoms and things um, and, you know, such as like, you know, I have example, like I have flat feet, I'm prone to shin splints and stress fractures. Um, mm. I have continuous headaches um, because the headaches are caused from the fact that my neck is loose. So because okay. my, the joints wow. in my neck, yeah, because the joints in my neck is loose, it means that they go out a lot, like the C1, C2 gets out of place a bit, which wow. causes these, you know, headaches to always kind of be there. Um, heaps of, heaps of uh, pain. Um, and the pain is more associated with the fact that my muscles work 24-7 overtime um, in order to hold me together. You see, there's a lot of people oh. with EDS, with my type of EDS, who by my age or even earlier are wheelchair users. Um, right. Um, because, as I said, they don't have the, the sticky tape you right, know, to, exactly. to yeah, you know, it's keeping them together, and you know, so so to use their body becomes really, really quite difficult or really, right. really quite painful. Um, I'm I've been very blessed that I was so physical as a child um, in terms of sports and athletics. I still did all that, um, and you know, took part in in all those athletic and sporting activities despite me having it like yes I was teased and people commented on the way I did things but I still did it I didn't care like like I was pretty I was pretty good like you know I kind of just went I kind of just went well whatever and the thing was I was actually quite good at it I was actually quite good at it even though my form was bizarre I was still quite good at it and I was quite like like we're running even now like I'm quite fast you know and um yeah, yeah, and and you know I'm fast and fit, and and even though I, like I said, I you are fit. You are. Fit. <laughs> I look, yeah, even though I look totally different to, to look, I look very different to everyone else running around. Um, um, but yeah, because I, I did that as a child, and then I've kept that on, and I kept that on, you know, during my young adulthood, and and now I'm 40 years old, and I'm still. Um, you know, I'm still really into, I love my like outdoor lifestyle and I love being outdoors and I love walking and hiking and hunting and, and, and I go for runs even still. Um, and I love swimming as well. Um, you hunt? so yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. yeah. Yeah. I'm ethical, <laughs> ethical hunter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. My husband that's and pretty I. Extreme. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, my husband and I um, are very much uh, for that. Um, but as we said, very much ethical. Um, but because I kept on with being very physical, it seems to what seems to have happened is a natural adaptation with me, which uh, unfortunately not everyone with EDS has happened. But what's happened with me is that my muscles and the surrounding tendons seem to have compensated for the joint looseness. So, right, right. so they seem to be like keeping me going. Like, mm-hmm. so, um, and hence I look the way I do because I'm, you know, really quite lean and I've got a lot of muscle tone without me even right. work, working out. And I explain to people, well, look, my body, what's happening is my body's basically working out 24-7. It's working right, out exactly. me sitting here, sitting here talking to you. Right, because the the muscles are compensating continuously for 
the the lack of that collagen um, in the joints. So right. so they're just continuously working, and because the muscles are continuously working, I get a lot of pain because, as you can imagine, if you go to the gym and work out, well, you're naturally yeah. sore. You know, like you naturally sore. Oh, totally. afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So because my mine are just working out all the time, you know, um, it makes them extremely tight. So they're like, you know, everything on me is like really tight and really tense. Right, um, exactly. So, so naturally, I'm I'm going to have pain, aches, and pains, and um, and I get a lot of flare ups as well. So um, right. So basically, kind of the body has a few every now and then. It has a a moment where it goes, I've had enough. I've just had enough, and something decides to give on me. Oh, you no. know, I get an extreme pain through. It could be anywhere, oh. or or a or a joint will just go on me, and that's uh, one of the issues that I had. Um, it has a lot of similarities with cerebral palsy. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and I have cerebral palsy, and my body is constantly fighting itself in a way because mm. it had that it had that extra tone and spasticity. Yes. Um, and my whole body is like fighting it. Not a not 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 to where I'm like in pain or anything, but it's constantly adding an extra tone and a spasticity to the muscles. Yes, yeah. And you don't you say you don't get you don't get pain though. I mean, there's a there's some people with cerebral palsy feel pain, but I'm I'm lucky enough because I, I work out. I mm-hmm. I I'm I'm like you. I'm constantly like moving around. Yeah. I think. It keeps us loose and to where the body is not atrophying enough to where I feel pain and, you know, aches and, and extra, you know, unnecessary pain. Mm. But I try to keep my body loose as much as I can and keep moving in the gym every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. That's that's there, awesome. Yeah, there's there's some similarities between the two. I think yeah. the way you're talking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it's all about just you know just doing what you can do for your for your own body, isn't it? Oh yeah, totally. I got I got to fight for my you know my independence physically every mm. day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. One day at a time, right? <laughs> like yeah. you do, you do yeah. take it one day at a time. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So, I will. Um, do you want me to just have a little chat about my career? Because you mentioned like with the military and writing and things. So, yeah. 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 And you so, can, you can talk, you talk a little bit about your books as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, because one of the questions I get is um, about, well, how have you done some of the jobs you've done, you know, with the with my medical condition, um, right. you know, which is, uh, you know, technically a, a disability, um, and like to be honest, I um, I didn't tell them <laughs> because as mm-hmm. I kind of said, and as you oh, know, yeah. looking at, and as you know, looking at me, right. It, I have, I guess they they can just sometimes described as an invisible disability, right? right? So, right. so if you don't look kind of too close, you might not realise. And especially now that I don't have a speech impediment, as per se. Um, oh yeah, totally right. Yeah. Um, however, however, I do move very differently, especially especially the running and that physical side. So, but I just didn't think. I mean, I was so young, like when I um, uh, when I went in. 
uh, to um, we say the like Australian Defence Force, the ADF. Because uh, I was, you know, still, you know, like I was eighteen. Um, wow. When I when I when I went in, I just because I was so young, I just didn't even think that it was going to be an issue. Right. And I didn't even mention it, you know. And because it's like <laughs> a, because it's a rare connective tissue disorder, it's not like they ask any questions about any of that type of thing on medicals, you know. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. There's no none of that. It's mm-hmm. all the all the main all the main type of stuff they're asking about. Um, and and then when I went to do like my my physicals, well, I could because I was fit you know, and had been sporty, I could pass, I could pass everything. It's just that I, I did look different doing it. But the fact I could pass it seemed to be good enough. <laughs> so, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, so I just didn't say anything. And, um, and you know, in terms of blood, bloods and checks and stuff like that, all that, you know, came out all normal. You know what I mean? So all oh, that yeah. basic yeah, all that basic medical stuff comes out all normal. I present all normal on. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I was able to, I was able to get in, and and it definitely got questioned when I was in. Like, of course, because you got physical trainers looking at you, like mm-hmm. wondering why you're running the way that you do, and why you're doing things differently. And I just kind of used to laugh at it off. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I don't know. Like, just kind of like, mm, uh, I don't, oh, I don't, right. I don't know. I don't know. I've just right. always run like this, or you know what I mean. Right. Like, I just kind of just played it down. Um, oh, totally. And yeah, yeah. And but I could only do that for so long because, unfortunately, because I do get uh, flare, like, like have flare ups in my body. Unfortunately, I. Um, I'd had a few things happen. I'd had major shin splints and stress fractures, um, you know, through my legs and plus, uh, and feet, shins, legs. Um, And I'd also, um, I also then had like a major flare up through my groin area. Like one day I was fine. And the next day I was like, I couldn't walk. Like it was terrible. It's, It's like, I guess like how somebody, when they, pull their groin really bad or rip up through their groin. It right. was like it was like that even though I hadn't done anything. You know what I mean? I hadn't done an injury. I just had it. Wow. So, so that's what happens with flare-ups. You know, a part of the body just decides to just, you know, <laughs> decide that they're yeah. not going <laughs> to – they don't like it up. anymore <laughs> and give up or do something, you know, and cause you lots of pain. And, um, and anyway, it was that bad. I was like put in hospital because I couldn't even walk around. And wow. that's when they really started looking at me and sending me to specialists and things. And I couldn't oh. hide it. You know, I, oh, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't hide it anymore. Um, so, so anyway, I, um, I ended up with a medical um, discharge um, because, mm. uh, you know, and this is going back almost 20 years now. Wow. You know, they, they weren't, uh, you know, you can't have, you, you can't have somebody in that job that, is one moment fine and the next moment could be walking around and, and then on the ground, you know, for what appears right. to be no reason. Like they call it like a liability. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and, and you, bec- you essentially become non-deployable. So right. um, so anyway, I, um, so I got, um, I got out of that and then I went, um, then I went and I, I was lucky enough to get into some other government work. Um, and 
once again, I just did not <laughs> mention it. I mean, I mean, why, why would you? I mean, you, you don't have a wheelchair. You don't have a, like, a, they can't really, like, tell if you're disabled. So, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, why would you? Because they're going to use it against you. Like, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd try my luck. You know what I mean? I thought I'd just, oh, totally. I'll just, I'll just see if I can get in. And, and anyway, and, and I did, and I did. And uh, there were roles where it wasn't, it wasn't so much an issue, like my physical. Right. Um, right. You know, that wasn't as physical. Um, it, even though it had physical elements, it wasn't, yeah, my condition so wasn't so much an issue and, and wasn't so, like, so obvious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so yeah, so I, I was with a, a couple of government agencies um, for a while and then I got out of government work and went into private consulting. Wow. Um, where, where it really wasn't, um, mm-hmm. where it really wasn't an issue at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And towards the end of my um, doing my private consulting, I was probably doing that for about eight years. Um, what kind of so, consulting? So in security and risk risk management. Okay, okay, um, okay. Yeah, and, and, and emergency risk management. So kind of like the field, fields, what, what I'd done, like uh, in I had background with the government in those types of fields. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So I was consulting and training. Um you and how long that. how how long were you in the military for before you got discharged? Oh, not long. So I joined the reserves initially at eighteen, and then I um, went into the air force at twenty-one, like at full time. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was discharged, um, probably like within like the year of that. Okay, like yeah, yeah. So okay, like twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, about about that. I'm forty. I'm like just over forty now. So I've got. My memory isn't always a hundred percent, and that's another thing with the um, uh, with the EDS and a lot of people with EDS and chronic. I'm not too sure if you get it as well, but certainly um, a lot of people with these conditions and chronic illnesses they get brain fog. Do you get brain brain fog and loss um, of memory? Um, um, my long term memory is pretty good. My short term memory, once in a while, but. Um, for the most part, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Which long term, I'm good. Short term, once in a while, but you know, um, I'm pretty good at, with that. But maybe long term, I'm I'm excellent. Short term, oh, that's good to hear. Maybe, maybe maybe once in a while. Okay. Oh well, that's good to hear. Because yeah, no, I I I have some memories from like my childhood and things that I can remember. But most of my long-term memory is shot. Like I, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I know of things happening, but I can't even like. Sometimes I struggle to remember like a boyfriend's last name who I lived with, <laughs> who I was with for like a few years. Wow. Yeah, no joke. Like I have to really, really, really think about it. Um, like um, I'd never be able to remember addresses of where I lived, or you know, thing, things like right. that, or, or um, for how long, like I said, time frames and that. I really struggle like with time time frames. Um, okay. People's names. Uh, yeah, there's. I get asked so many questions about things, and I'm like, my God, that was like 15 years ago or 20 years ago. I have no idea. Like I just, my recollections really 
really poor. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and I am, and now what I, I find now, and as I said, a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of people with EDS and other similar chronic um, conditions, uh, they say that brain fog really affects them and that affects me. So that can be like, I can be doing a simple task, but it can take me 10 times longer wow. you know, than it should for someone of my ability. Like it's, it's, you know, it will take me 10 times longer to do a simple task or I can be staring at a piece of paper or a computer screen and it's nothing makes sense. Even though I'm actually highly intelligent, <laughs> I'm looking at this thing going, everything's just, it just, it's, it's like, it's just not, I can't focus in on it. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then it might change. Then it could suddenly click and I can, I can focus in, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. But the, the brain fog is a horrible thing. It's um, it makes it very hard in everyday living, everyday working, you know, if you're doing a normal kind of, uh, day-to-day job um, to suddenly have brain fog t- come upon you you know it's very difficult and difficult for the people around you because they don't understand what's Imagine, happening. yeah yeah they, they're like why can't you do that what the what's going on like what's wrong yeah, with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you're, exactly. looking at, <laughs> you're looking at the screen and there's nothing's making sense. <laughs> <like, what?" laughs> you're like but, you're like frozen you're like frozen yeah it is it's like you're frozen it's like you're yeah. frozen. It's a good way of um, a good way of putting it. And um, yeah, anyone who gets brain fog would be able to relate. Uh, have you have you reached out to other people with um, the same EDS? Um, and uh, have you reached out to them? Yes, yes, I I have, and um, yeah, it's been it's been great to to talk with other people who have it. And everyone's different. Like I've got I've got a few um friends who I connect with who have the, is the exact type I have the joint hypermobility. Um, right, right. And then I ha- and then I connect with a few people who have some different types. So I have right. a friend I have a friend here in Australia who has um what's known as VETS. So the vascular, so vascular Ehlers Danlos syndrome, and um, that is the most, uh, I guess, the most severe of them all in terms of okay. um, it, it can be lethal because it, it affects wow. the um, uh, the vessels, the connective tissues to the heart. Okay, as I said, it's wow. a connective tissue disorder. So, um, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. His, his vessels and the vessels going particularly to his heart are are, are affected. Wow. So as you can imagine, um, he has to go in and get a lot of tests done and, um, you know, um, see a lot of doctors and specialists all the time and, wow. and um, you know, th- that, that type of thing. I, I have to get my heart checked. Having EDS, they, they check my heart, but my heart has so far always appeared fine. So it looks like it doesn't, as I said, everyone can be right. different and have different types. So my vessels to my heart don't appear to be affected. They look all right. normal. Um, right. so it's not affecting the connective tissue tissues. Um, that's good. That's in good. The vessels, in the vessels to my heart, yet it affects my connective tissues elsewhere, you know, other, yeah. other parts of my body. So, you know, like I said, not so much the organs, but, but other parts. And, um, when I was speaking about like different tissues, like that's one of the reasons uh, why some people with EDS have a speech impediment is because of the connective right. tissues in the tongue. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the tongue movement is is yeah. different. The same, yeah. same same thing with cerebral palsy. Um, I had to get um speech therapy when I was younger as well. Um, mm. yeah, and then in high school they thought I was talking too fast, 
So they told me, like, every time you talk fast, we're going to tap you on your shoulder. And I, I really hated that because it really messed with my confidence. And I was very confident freshman mm-hmm. year. The, I was confident the way I'm confident now. But it took me a long time to regain that confidence because they kind of messed with my, with my, the way I talked. And I, I just told them, I'm a New Yorker. I talk fast. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> they, 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 so they really, they really, because they really like messed with my psyche because I was like, am I talking too fast? And I was like second guessing myself. And, and I really didn't appreciate that. So mm. it was a, it was a really tough time for me to get, regain my confidence. And I regained yeah. it back when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's certainly a lot of work to be done and I think things are improving. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I had a kind of similar experience, uh, I think with, with my writing um, because I hold, I'm right-handed and so I hold my pen in my right hand but I'm just making sure you're still there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I hold my pen in my right hand, yet the way that I hold it is as though I'm a left-handed person. So you know how the left-handers will write, you know, their position of writing is, is different, the way they hold their hand. Um, so even though I was right-handed, it was though I was writing – I was, it appeared as though I was a left-handed and so they'll try and correct me all, all the time and tell me, you know, you're holding your pen, you're holding your pen wrong, um, you know, it needs to be hold like, held like this, you know, and try and get me to, to hold it a certain way and write a certain way, which was really, really uncomfortable for me because the reason I held mine a certain way was because of my joint hypermobility. Right. My, my joints – you know, swept a you know a loose yeah, yeah, and yeah. wanted you know wanted right. to um wanted to hold it as though uh, the way the left handed would right. yeah yeah uh, you know which is that different position and, same thing um, with me yeah 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 so yeah so you know they used to try and do that so it was that lack and that was the teachers having a complete lack of understanding oh, yeah, of totally, why yeah. of why I was holding my pen that way. Yeah, you know, they they didn't understand it was because my joints were loose and that was the the way that I needed to do it. And I still, of course, I still write like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, I, I have the swan fingers. My, <laughs> you know, swan fingers myself. You know, I, I look yeah. like I'm triple jointed, but um, you know, <laughs> but uh, I think with exercise and like going to the gym, it's helped me. It's helped me to be less uh, atrophy and less, you know, closed up. So mm. it's helped a lot with yeah. that problem. But um, my battery just said I have 20%. So if I lose you, can, I, can, we, can, can we continue the conversation? So are you available tomorrow or the day after? Because I really want to get the... <laughs> I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm so sorry. I was like, my battery was like, did you give me the 20%? That's why I lost you for a second. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Let me tell her before. Before I lose and she thinks I'm rude, like, where'd he go? <laughs> he went, he disappeared on me. <laughs> no, but, all good. Um, all, all good. I, if, if, if I lose you, it's all, it's all fine. We can, um, yeah, you can send me a message and we'll, um, we'll sort out for tomorrow to reconnect. Oh, that'd be amazing. Thank you so much. I, again, you're, you know, you, you're doing this means the world and you're such a genuine and um, wonderful person. So I'm very thankful for you you're sharing your story and, and 
you're such a success and in, in, in life and you're a big inspiration for so many people with you know <clears throat> that, that that need especially after the pandemic that need the inspiration and need the love and need the encouragement and you offer all of that so mm-hmm. i really thank you brooke for being you Oh, thank you so much. That's so lovely to hear and and that inspires me because, yeah, I'm just so about people just being themselves. You know, I always try and just just be me and um, and, and that's what I just tell other people, you know, just be be yourself, you know. We're all different. We're all special and unique and we all have our our things we all have our abilities we all have oh, yeah. our limitations you know we we all have our good points we all have our vices you know everyone's got oh, yeah, yeah. everyone's got their shit you know they really do all the time all the time yeah you know, you know and, and everyone's going. going through something yeah. as well like some are more yeah, exactly. obvious than exactly. others yeah yeah exactly. we're all going through we're all going through struggles and that's what makes this podcast so beautiful. We're learning about each other's struggles. And, and it's just been so eye-opening, so beautiful for me to learn about different journeys and learn about different struggles and different disabilities and learn about abilities that we all have great abilities to do great things in life. And really quick, before I lose you completely, we have to continue the conversation tomorrow. <laughs> uh, um, talk about your books a little bit. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, sure. So... I started writing um, probably about a, a year or so before I stopped consulting. Um, okay. So, yeah, so I was doing the consulting work still and I started writing my first book, which is uh, called The Subject. Um, but at that point, when I first started writing, I didn't even know I had a book. Um, basically, I just had all this stuff just come into my head and – what I mean is like I actually thought I might be starting to go crazy because I had I had all this monologue in my <laughs> head and dialect yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and characters and people talking to each other and conversations right. and all these things happening in my head and it was literally like a movie was playing out inside my head and it just wouldn't go away. Like this movie just oh, kept wow. going on and playing out inside my head and I was like, what is this? That's <laughs> crazy. And um, then it dawned on me that, you know, I think I think I've got like a book. I think this is like a story oh, yeah. that, I, that, I, <laughs> that I need to start telling. So so I started writing it down, and um, like in all honesty, it, I had written before, but I certainly had no uh, like uh, no drive to be a novelist or or a you know a fiction author. I right. I could I knew I could write like that. I had some writing ability because. I was very lucky that um, in my early 20s, just as a casual thing, like it was part-time, it wasn't my full-time gig, um, I, I got a, um, I, I got my own newspaper column with quite a, wow. quite a large newspaper. Oh my it, wasn't really, it wasn't a really small newspaper. It was quite a large one. Uh, and, and, yeah, and that was with no journalistic background. I just wow. had an idea for a column and I put it to the editor and submitted like examples of the yeah, column, yeah. and he liked it, and he liked my wow. writing. So he gave me my own column. So I'd had that background. That's beautiful. Yeah, so I was really like lucky that I'd had that background in writing. And in between that and writing the book, I'd also done quite a bit of writing, like 
in my line of work and with consulting especially and um, done some contributions to magazines and business industry magazines and um, yeah so so I, I knew I could write um, so I, I and I thought okay right, I'll, st- I'll start writing the, all this what's going on inside my head I'll start writing it down and um, and so I did and I ended up with the first book the subject and I didn't know if we'd you know go ahead and get it published or try and get it published or whatever um, but I had a few friends read it and and they they said yeah yeah you should definitely you know you know definitely what is the get book this. called again the subject oh wow so that's beautiful the, the subject yeah um and and anyway yeah so so I did so and and I didn't know if I was going to write a second one even though I left the ending open because it falls into the uh, psychological genre uh, yeah. category or psychological thriller genre category or wow. slash Australian spy thriller. It's sometimes that's, that's awesome. Yeah, sometimes that's referred so awesome. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but I did leave the ending open and, yeah, before I knew it, I had a second book. Wow. You know, and that what came is, pretty, What is the second one called? So it flows on from the first. So it's the subject to fade. Oh, wow. So it's wow. like the subject to column fade <laughs> wow. right? and the third one so that's out on the shelves and the third one is almost done so it's the subject three and it's got another word after it but i'm not giving away the full title yet because not okay, released. okay yep and um yeah so it was meant to be uh released earlier this year but i've taken on another writing um oh, job wow. Which I'm, which is my priority right now, um, because it's got a stricter deadline um, by its publisher. Okay. Um, so, so this this job is a well, I'm co-authoring a wow. military autobiography. So oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So it's it's a gentleman um, who was a former Australian combat controller uh, yeah. in special operations. Wow. So, so there's um, so many books and autobiographies written about, uh, you know, like special operations soldiers and, mm. you know, but this one's a bit different because his role has, well, his role is different because he was actually Air Force and um, so he, he was, wow. um, yeah, so he, he, he was, he was doing combat control in well, he was originally an AGI, so what they call like airfield defense guard in the in the air force, which is kind of like the air force uh, infantry, I guess, version yeah. of the infantry. Um, and he he went on he went on to uh, to actually go through the special um, well the the commando training selection so what the what you okay. what you have to go through to get into the special forces into the commandos uh, here in australia and most of the time it's 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 only um soldiers so normally only army you know get get do that course or, or pass that yeah, course yeah. and hardly anyone passes that by the way right you know it's it's very highly specialized you can have army infantry guys who have been in for a long time and think they're going to pass and they don't it's um it's very very difficult you know special forces selection and here he is an air force dude who wow. who goes in 
and you know makes it through and no he he then he then becomes part of the special operations team so he's in there like with the with the commandos but he's, he he's on but he's calling through the air support so even though he's in mm-hmm. there with with them he's the one who as part of the team calls through the air support you know um yeah yeah you know, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so it's a very kind of specialized role and it's a story that hasn't been told but there's a lot more to his story apart from that a lot of personal uh, a lot of uh, personal things going on mm. and, and a really interesting backstory He's dealt with a, a lot of loss and a lot of grief in his life, but it's also full of quite a lot of humour as oh, wow. well. Yeah, so we made sure we've put quite a lot of humour. Uh, how did you? How did you meet him? Yeah, well, he actually reached out to he actually reached out to me. Um, yeah, because I didn't know I didn't meet him during my time um, uh, with my career. Uh, you know, I met him. I've, I met him only. You know, I, I can't remember. See, there's my brain fog. Um, probably less than six months ago, I'm guessing now, or oh, wow. around, or around six months ago. And he, because he knew I was an author, and he oh, wow. had this, he had this story, and 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 he, and he had a publisher, you know, interested in his story, and yeah. and he asked me if I would co-author. Wow. Um, you know, because he hadn't written anything before. And you know he wanted basically you know he wanted somebody to to assist him. He he had the amazing um, story to tell, and yeah. So we've been working together in in telling his um in telling his story, and we're about That's halfway amazing. there. Yeah, we're about halfway there. So um, our deadline's in a couple of months, and then wow. um, yeah, and then the um, book should be released uh, April next year so april 2022 well when your new book comes out and, and and this book you can come back on the podcast and talk talk about your books and uh come back on ability to be talking so all my listeners will um know that you know learn about the book and learn where to find it and that'll be a, an amazing read oh, for my listeners excellent thank you so much thank you for the yeah. support yeah, so really quick before my battery dies, I have ten percent now. <laughs> um, um, talk about a little bit about um, what motivates you every day, and um, if you if you can go back and tell yourself ten years ago, give yourself one piece of advice. What would that be? Uh, well, what motivates me every day is. Um, just being able to get outside and enjoy life and nature and what we've been given, you know, here on this earth. I um, right. that's I just want to keep want to keep being able to enjoy it, you know, as much as I can and as best as I can to my own ability. Um, and if I could go back ten years ago and speak to myself, uh, it would definitely um, be as I kind of said at the start, to just be yourself. Awesome. No, don't don't worry about what other people what other people think. I mean, I've been pretty good with that through my life, but I certainly mm. think as a younger woman, um, you know, I think I, you know, was a bit worried about people's perception of me sometimes. And I should never have to have worried you know, worried about about that. And what society thinks, you know, about society putting us into these boxes. Um, 
uh, you know, like now I'm just like, stuff that. <laughs> I'll do. Oh, totally, totally. I will do what I want, when I want, you know, all within reason, of course, all within, you know, the right. law, <laughs> of course. But, but you know, I'll just be who I am and do what I want. And, um, and if people don't like that, that's okay. That's absolutely fine. Not everyone has to like you. And there's nothing wrong with right. that. Yeah. Right. And, and you're not the first guest to say that. You're like the third guest already. Oh, am I? <laughs> to, to say the same message to, to just be you and just, you know, speak your mind and, and speak what's in your soul and just just let you shine. And, and that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm so I think that's why you're so productive and so accomplished because you've always put your passion and your love into what you're doing and even overcoming your struggles. You've always been you doing it along your journey. And that's what makes you so unique and so powerful and so giving to others and so that you have a beautiful message that you're not afraid to be yourself. And, and we all, we all struggle like, but you're not afraid and you love your struggle. And I think that's beautiful. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, yeah. Re really quick, really quick. Um, what, if you could give a per, uh, if we can move the needle forward for people with disabilities, what, 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 what do you think that would be? How do we move the needle forward within society for people with disabilities? Oh, it's, it's definitely um, to, to have more awareness of, of uh, all the different types of disabilities and, and the shapes and forms that they come in. And I'll use that term not to be boxed in um as well um right. it's, there's a lot of work to be done in in people understanding that uh that not everyone with a disability will look a certain way will sound totally. a certain way will be capable of this or that that they come in so many different shapes and forms um you know some are more visible than others um some you know, some, uh, they, they, even if you have a, a disability and somebody has the same disability as you, you're still going to be completely different to that person. And, mm. you know, like, uh, as I said, there's people with my condition um, who are wheelchair users, you know, I'm not, um, but I still have that, you know. So, right. um, you know, it's just, it's disabilities are just different for, for everyone. And also for people to understand that, disabilities are so wide as well like a huge number of the population have some type of disability um and and people um need to be more aware of that and accepting of that um right. as well yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful and that's how we move the needle forward continue the conversation continue talking about it with one another and and putting pressure on people in power to make changes within society and make changes within the laws and just raising raising awareness that people with disabilities can have abilities that can do great things and we're just like everyone else just give us the opportunity to succeed within society and we'll do so yeah absolutely yeah for sure yeah yeah so i think we need to continue the conversation and move the conversation forward within society and i think that's what makes this podcast so unique and so beautiful that it allows us to talk about this topic and move it forward in a positive way. And really quick, one last question. 
where do you see yourself 10 years from now? The ideal situation, the ideal um, vision, the ideal picture in your head. Uh, well, in 10 years' time, I'm going to be on my farm. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, yeah, well, I'm a farm, I'm a farm girl, so. I'm oh, that's be, awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to be on my farm. I'm going to, um, you know, have my lovely animals around me, which give me great joy. Oh, that's I'm, beautiful. Yeah, I'm going to still be writing. And, um, you know, I might have even had a... A, um, one of my one of my stories turned into a movie. We can we can always uh, you know strive for that. <laughs> so oh, yeah. why not? Why not? So you're going to get there. You're going to get there. Oh yeah, yeah it happens totally, to yeah. other people. So why not me? So yeah. Oh yeah, you're you're going to get there. You're going to get there. One of your stories will be a movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, totally. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite animal? Real quick. Uh. uh well, I've got a few, but probably um, dogs and cows. Oh, that dogs and cows? Cows, yeah, I love cows. Love them. Oh, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't drink milk, but, you know, <laughs> I drink almond milk stuff and oat yeah. milk. But I love, I, uh, I would love to meet a cow one day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but. I'm not huge, I'm actually not huge on milk either because it plays up with my tummy, Um uh, oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't have that much. I can have a little bit of dairy, but I can't tolerate heaps of dairy. Um, but I love, I love cows. Just in, I just oh, love beautiful. their nature. I actually love their nature, and especially, especially bulls and steers. So the boys, um, yeah, I seem to, I seem to get on with them really well. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so tough. You're so strong. You're <laughs> such a, you're, you're such a unique and beautiful human being. And I, you know, I'm glad that we became friends and, and I'm glad that we had this conversation today. And, um, you know, I'm a cat lover myself. So yeah, just to <laughs> let you know what, what animal I like, you know, I love cats. So, you know, um, yep. and I'm, but I'm just so thankful for this conversation and, and thank you for coming on Ability Beast Talk. That's how we roll, you know, and keep us updated with everything you're doing. And I, I'm always, I always got your back, my friend. And I'm always here oh, for you. Thank you thank so you for being much. There for me. Oh, no, you, you, you were just doing amazing things. So yeah. uh, I appreciate your support. Keep fighting the good me. fight, okay? It, it means the world. Thank you so much for your support. And I'll let you know when the episode is available and then we can um, share it to all your wonderful uh, people. And um, I think that would be amazing for people with disabilities to move the conversation forward. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world. Not a problem. You have a great, right? A great um. It's what time is it there? Evening. Almost like seven. Yeah, yeah seven in the yeah. evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have, have a wonderful evening. Well, have a beautiful day today as well. And uh, you know, again, thank you again for your support. Thank you for coming on Ability Beach Talk. And Ability Beach Talk. That's how we roll. Thank you, Brooke. I'll be talking to you with you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for tuning in to Ability Beast Talk. Please remember to subscribe and follow the podcast, looking out for future episodes and amazing content as we change the world by powering through our struggles with positive affirmation. Ability Beast Talk is available on Apple, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. As always, Ability Beast Talk is powered by Ability on the Move, a nonprofit organization in Orange County, California, helping the disabled community with grants and scholarships. 
please visit abilityonthemove.org to learn more about the Ability on the Move and who we are helping. Thank you for listening to Ability Beast Talk.